Let the Father's kingdom be my one desire. Break down my pride. If you hold it higher, let the Father's kingdom be my one desire. Keep singing that. Your spirit is moving again. 
So come and move Come and move So come and move Come and move Come and move Come and is found in Jesus' name. You break down walls. You break every chain. And freedom is found. Jesus' every voice in a heavenly song and sing to the Lord sing to Every voice in a heavenly song, sing to the
worship my Lord. I worship my Lord. You are worthy. It's you are presence here we thank you that by your anointing the yokes of bondage are destroyed we thank you Holy Spirit that you're our helper you are welcome here Lord God you are welcome here lead us direct us and guide us into all the truth we worship you we worship you we worship you one more time amen can do more for you in a moment where he's ministering to you than anything I can ever say. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. You can turn up the lights and you may be seated. Thank you. I want to thank you 
aquilo. The sweet presence of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's just hard to not just want to stay there. We're going to go ahead and just receive this morning's tithes and offerings. I'm not going to give the announcements till later. If you need an envelope, raise your hand. The ushers will get you an envelope. Stages, you can just stay in an attitude of worship. When the Holy Spirit's presence is here, it's just sweet. It's just sweet. Of your Bibles, you can open to Psalm 133. Mike is out of town this morning. You're stuck with me. Let's pray. Just, a... Father God, we thank you. We thank you so much for Jesus. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your presence. More than anything else, we desire you. We thank you for your word, Lord God. Give us understanding. Give us understanding of the times. Give us understanding of your word. Help us see wonderful things from your word. We praise you, Father. In the name of Jesus, amen. We knew Mike was going to be gone this morning, so we talked about I would do the service, and that was fine, and this week... There's just so much. There's so much going on in the world. There's so much going on in our lives. There's so much going on in my heart. It's just really hard to narrow it down. There's just so much. And um, so we'll try to hit the vein. And in when I was praying this week, there, like I said, there's so much. But this was the scripture, the primary scripture I got. Psalm 133. It says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. The worship was sweet today. We've been talking about order. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit. When we're in order, when the service is in order, when all of our attention and focus can be unified on the Father, that's when the anointing of God comes. That's what we experience today. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like precious oil upon the head. That talks about, we talk about the anointing. The anointing, just very simply, the anointing is the presence of the Holy Spirit. And it talks in the Old Testament and the New Testament, it's like an oil poured out. It's like, it, talks, it calls it the precious oil, like the precious oil is poured out, the anointing. And when the anointing's presence is present, it's the Holy Spirit's there. And that's ultimately what we want. Jesus sent 
the Holy Spirit for us to help us and to comfort us and to strengthen us and to encourage us and for power and for the moving of, of God. And that's what we want. We don't want the works of the flesh. And so many times we try to stir things up in the works in our flesh, and that's what we get in return is, we're, is we get flesh. But when we allow God, when we're in unity, so it talks about that. It is like a precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of the garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded blessing life forevermore and when i was thinking about and reading that scripture and it was what it's talking about is unity unity of the brethren and that's where the anointing comes now i've been around for a long time i was born again in the 70s had asked jesus in my heart been around the section a few times And and so we've seen some things. And we've talked about the last 20 years or so, the church in America has pretty much operated under a closed heaven. God is still in our lives. He loves us. He still wants us in the family of God. But there hasn't been a lot of visible movement there hasn't been a lot of power manifestations or and and people are hungry for that and i've talked about i don't want to go back we're just beginning to see god move in this nation in our church you know things are different it talks about in isaiah um let me read it to you it says in isaiah chapter 43 Verse 17, do not remember the things, the former things, nor consider the things of old, for behold, I will do a new thing, now it will go forth. And I see around the nation, I think we thought politically things were going to change faster than they have. But it's spiritually, things are changing so much, and they're, they're changing for the good. I've never seen in the last 30 years the hunger for the things of God like I see right now. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. That's, that's more important. The political change will follow if, if the church and the body of Christ gets it right. And, and we've got a hunger for those things. And so I don't want to go back to the last, the way the things were the last 20 years. I, we want to go forward. We want things to be new. But more than that, I don't want to go back to the 10 years before the 20 years. Because I think what happened in, in, uh, the charismatic movement, when I was born again, you know, it was towards the end and, and things were starting to wane. And then you came into the 80s and God wasn't moving like he did previous years. You didn't see the power gifts and the great revivals. And so I think what happened was people tried to drum things up. We, we camped. You went to a service and it was good and you were blessed and then we camped there and we just kept trying to make it happen again and again and again and it got into abuse of the gifts of the Spirit. We were following more after the flesh than we were after God. And when that happened, I think is when everything got still because it probably made God sick. But now we're moving forward and there's this great hunger and 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 the reason this scripture is so important is because we've got to understand it isn't the works of the flesh and it isn't the emotions that are going to bring the spirit of God and the move of God. It's the unity. It talks about that here. When my brethren dwell in unity, that's when the anointing comes. And, and we want to protect that and we want to guard that and we want that to go go forth because that's the real thing i think we're all in the point we want the real thing don't want the imitation don't want the flesh you know and i've always wondered i don't like to counsel because i could never figure out why do you want to hear something from me when you could hear something from the holy spirit the real counselor and, and there's not anything wrong with sometimes you need over that hump. 
But my goodness, there's nothing I can say or Abe can say or anybody can say that would take place of the Holy Spirit. And we, I think that's what happened. We got away. We got seeking the emotions and we got seeking the things so much that we forgot to seek the Father. And that's where we are. We want to seek the Father. In that scripture, you turn over in um, Isaiah chapter 43. And as I was thinking about this this week, these things, you know, when the Holy Spirit comes and God moves and there's that outpouring, we call it the outpouring of the Holy Spirit because of just what we read. It's like an oil poured forth. When we experience that, it's going to affect your emotions. Hopefully, it'll affect your flesh. It'll heal your flesh and deal with your flesh. And the Holy Spirit comes to help us to to develop the fruits of the Spirit. But but we can't. There's there's things that will hinder that also. And I, I want us to be aware of those. I don't want. We don't want to go back. And it talks about here. In Isaiah 43, um, verse 18, I guess it is. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. God's getting ready to do a new thing. He is doing a new thing in the earth, in this nation. And I think we have to be very careful that we don't camp into the past and go back and want what it used to be because frankly it wasn't that good <laughs> god's got more he's got better and and there's some warning i think warning one of the really cool things i see happening is the people of my generation the old people are getting excited they want I think there's a lot of even when mike plain was here in june he talked about i've lived all my life I've served God, I've loved God, I've seen God move. But this this is the day, and I don't want to miss out on it. And I see all this older generation that has served God and, and loved God for years, and you don't want to miss out on it. But as a word of warning to the older generation, we can't make it what it was in 1970. We can't try to go back to 1970 and revisit that and stir that up. That's like playing a, a movie backwards, and we don't want to do that. We've got to realize that God's going to do a new thing, and it's going to be different. And one reason it's going to be different is because it's going to involve the younger generations, and they're different. And they're different from us, and we're different from them. So we've got to be careful we don't camp in 1970. We've got to be ready to move forward for what God has. We have to be open-minded in that respect. Unity brings anointing, and a corporate anointing is more powerful than a lone wolf anointing. We can do more together than we can do separately. One puts 1,000 to flight, two puts 10,000. So just very quickly, how do we get into you? How do we get that unity? We touched on it today. It was pretty good. We were together in that. And that's why that sweet presence of the Holy Spirit came in. But um, we've been talking, and, and you can turn over to, if you have your Bibles, or otherwise just listen. First, in 1 Corinthians kind of starting in uh, verse 12, and there's just so much. There's so much, and I don't have time to sit down. We've been hitting a little bit here and a little bit there, so I just want to... That's the thing. Jesus lives in you. The Holy Spirit lives in you, and he will teach you. You can study the Word of God yourself. Take time to study it. Take time to read some of the commentaries. Just we, I have this Bible. It's so they're hard to get anymore. It's the Spirit-filled Life Bible. I think you can probably get online and still get them. And they have the best commentaries. And if you don't understand a scripture, you can go down and and read what it's about and talks about it. Because we can't just don't have time today to go verse by verse by verse by verse. But it talks about in. Um, 
1 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about unity and diversity. And diversity, you say, well, you know, you hear a lot about diversity and we have to, and, you know, really we do. We have to hear about diversity. And you say, well, how can you have unity with diversity? I think you can't have unity without diversity. Because it talks about here, um, starting in verse 12, for as the body is one and has many members, all members of that body being many are one. Because, and it goes through about how we each have our part. Unity isn't cookie cutter. Unity is each one of us doing what we're called to do and doing it together. To bless the body, to bless the person next to you to bless the next generation, to bless the old folks. to That's unity. We each have a part. I, you know, a month or so ago I talked to you about when I played volleyball. And my senior year we had this great unity. And we played so much better because we played together than we played individually. We were absolutely the most diverse group. One was a hippie from Kent State. One was an immigrant from China. I was a redneck from Nebraska. You know, a couple were from the beach leagues in California. We were so diverse. But we truly had love for one another. And because I was good at one thing and another was good at another thing, we could take that and it blended. And that's what unity is. And we've talked about, you know, in 2019, we had the flood. And how devastating that was for some people. That was a revival for me. (laughs) How How did you enjoy that? I enjoyed it because I had never seen in a long time that much unity. We all came and just pitched in and did our part. Some people were good at scrubbing. Some people were good at putting trim up. Some people were good at cleaning the parking lot. And have you ever seen anything go so smooth and come out such tragedy, such blessing come out of such tragedy? And you know why? It's because we were unified. And it, it, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. That's and that's what we that's why it talks about as we go on in Corinthians about being in order. And it talks about we are many parts, but we are one body. We are in in it you know, um I listened to Robin Bullock. He was down at Lord of Hosts in Omaha a couple weeks ago. And and when he ministers, a lot of times it's with music. And I don't know if you understand, but a lot of times he's prophesying through music. Or he'll get, they'll give the tongue and the interpretation, and it's through music. And he started in on, I don't remember just how it went, but it was shake the shackles off, shake them off, shake them off. Really, that was prophecy. We want sometimes prophecies being, oh, Abe, you are so wonderful, and God is going to bless you, and That was prophecy. He was exhorting us to shake the shackles off, to wake up. And a lot of it, for unity, there has to be an awareness. We can't just be so focused on ourselves that we're right here all the time. Unity isn't unity when it's just you. That's just oneness, but that's not unity. Unity is involving you and you and everyone around us. It, it's, it's a group thing, and there's more power in that. And so we have to be aware of diversity. He's different than I am. He's musical. I'm as unmusical as they come, but, so I need him. And, you know, we need each other, and that, but that's why we need diversity. But we have to be aware of that. We have to be aware of, you know, you go to a lot of churches, they're just old people there. And it's pretty dead. Or you can go, you know, just young ones, and it's just goofy. And, 
<laughs> we're all ages. A real church should be all ages, all backgrounds, all experiences, all cultures. But we have to be aware of that. I had to be aware of how to deal with my friend from China that was an immigrant. She was totally different than me. And she needed some things I had, and I needed some things she had. And we have, so there's an awareness. Shake the shackles off. Wake up. Be aware of what's going on around us. Be aware of the person next to you. We have to be aware of how we affect that person. In service, are we distracting them? Or are we helping them to enter into worship? That's why the, the unity is so important. So my age, what we have to look out for. And I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. I, as I watch our age, my age and older, you get set in your ways. <laughs> you get in that routine. You don't have a lot of kids around you or young people. And you just can get to be kind of a plotter. And you kind of lose that self-awareness. Caleb and I have been... He, he was working in Sioux City this week. And we were doing some work on a, pillars on a motel, and they had a big pallet full of siding. And an old couple ran into it with their car. <laughs> they ran into it so hard that they destroyed their tire. And they were mad at the guy that owned the siding because <laughs> I don't know if they thought the siding jumped out and got them or what. <laughs> Whatever. But they ran into it. I would consider that as a real lack of awareness. And then the self-centeredness involved that it was somebody else's fault and not mine. So older generation, we've got to be aware. We've got to be aware. It talks about, here we're going through, and I don't have time verse by verse, but in 1 Corinthians, it talks about order in the church. And so it talks about how we're many different parts, but we need to be one. And then it goes into uh, chapter 13, and everybody quotes chapter 13 because that's the love chapter. But, you know, in context, that's talking about how we operate together. And it talks about, um, beginning with verse 4, love suffers long and it's kind. Love does not envy, love does not parade itself, it is not puffed up. But we forget sometimes this one. Love does not behave rudely. I think we want revival in this nation and we we need reformation in this nation. One of the things that need to be revived is courtesy. It is that's so simple, but I think we've forgotten. I've you know talk about how the restaurants and and businesses are open and people are just so rude now. You drive down the street and we're just rude to each other, and and we've got. We can't behave rudely. We need to be courteous. It needs rudely means to act with ethics and manners. And we never stop and look at that part of the scripture. We love operates with ethics and manners. And I know there's situations I get pretty frustrated. You know, I I need to camp on the the scripture that talks about is not easily provoked. <laughs> That's where I got to work on that a little bit. But we need, to, we need to be aware. We need to be aware of the shortcomings in our own lives. And I know one of mine is I'm easily provoked. And I'll blow off steam. And they'll testify to that. But we have to be aware of that in our lives. And then we have to be aware. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit isn't to show us off, show ourselves off. The Holy Spirit's there to kind of help us get over the hump in some areas. So we have to be aware of each other. We have to be aware of each other's needs and not just be so self-consumed. 
the next thing is we have to operate in forgiveness. You know, these are really simple things. But I think sometimes we get caught up up here and we're going to mess up occasionally. Everybody in this place is going to mess up. I mess up. Sometimes I don't even like to get up here because things just come out my mouth wrong. I'm not necessarily a tactful kind of person. When I played ball, if I made a mistake, I just hated it. And I had to learn to get past that so I could keep playing. And it's really the same thing. We, before you can forgive him, before I can forgive him, i got to forgive me. And so many of us dwell in that, that of what our life was in the past or what our parents were like. I've been dealing with issues. I always thought I had the perfect, perfect, perfect childhood and the perfect family. And the older I get, I realized we weren't. (laughs) My gosh, we weren't. But forgiveness has to flow. We're all going to miss it. But repentance has to be there too. You know, before you can really forgive yourself, start by repenting for where you missed it and then go on to the forgiveness and sometimes when you're dealing with other people they probably aren't going to ask you forgive they aren't going to repent in front of you but you still gotta forgive them when this volleyball team one of our goals when we played was we realized that when somebody makes a mistake who feels bad or worse than the one that made the mistake? Nobody. If you really care, you're the one that feels the worst. So our goal was never, ever push that mistake back on that person. Never dwell on their mistake. Never bring it back up to them. That doesn't mean if people are in sin, we don't confront those things or in error. But if it's just a mistake, we don't need to keep bringing it up to them. We just forgive and go on and help, help them pass that. We need to do that. 1 Corinthians 13 is, is that love it's talking about. It's not a sappy, snowflake imitation love. It's a strong, enduring, God kind of love. And so it goes through that, and he tells us all these things. And then he goes on in, in chapter 14, and he tells us how to behave in church. Because if we behave in, you know, we went to a concert several years ago. Worldly concert. Caleb's grinning. Country music artist. I just wanted to go because he sings about, the kind of dirt roads that I grew up on. <laughs> and it was, it was in Oman, it was big, and I don't really like to go to concerts much, but I wanted to hear this guy. And so we all went. There were two people, two seats in front of us, and there were two people right here. And their behavior was so bad, so distracting, so outlandish, I never really did enjoy the concert. They just, have you ever gone to a movie and somebody brings their kid and the kid screams through the whole movie and you never, you know, we need to be aware of that in church. You know, if you don't like to be treated like that in a movie theater, you aren't going to be like to be treated like that in church. And we need to be aware of that. And it isn't because we want to Quench the spirit of God. I want the spirit of God. I want to see a move of God like never before. But we have to sometimes quench the flesh so that we can have the movement of God. Because if all we have is the flesh, then we're not going to see the spirit of God. So we want to endeavor in quenching the flesh so that we can have a spirit of God. We've been talking about, I've been talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for two purposes, private edification and public exhortation. The private edification, and this is 
a review quick. First Corinthians 14, it, the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues is to build yourself up spiritually. So you know how to behave, not rudely. It'll help get over being provoked easily. Romans 8, 14, it's to lead us. Romans 8, 26, to help us pray effectively. Acts 1, 4 through 8, to give us power and ability to do the will of God. The Holy Spirit is our helper. He's our comforter. He's our counselor. He's our advocate. And there's times that we can come together. But we need to understand we are in an era. We want to see people born again. We want to see new believers. So we weren't seeing much of that in 1980 and 1990. So our behavior now in church has to be different because we have to be aware of other people. And it's always good if you don't know how to behave. You know, Mike talked about the one service years ago. We had a lady come in and playing her tambourine. The thing was, she wasn't in, she didn't keep rhythm very well. And and it's hard for a worship team to worship if that person's out of rhythm. And so it's always good, if you don't know what else to do, follow the instruction of leadership. And then, let me go over in 1 Corinthians 14. And verse 26, and this is talking about order in church meetings. And I'm talking about this because order in church meetings has to do with unity. Because if somebody's off doing their own thing, there's not unity. And he says, how is it, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, each of you has a teaching, each of you has a tongue and a revelation. And I think some people have taken that to mean that everybody should have something to say. Well, everybody should have something to say, but it doesn't always have to be in that church service. Sometimes what you have to say is for your neighbor or for the person you met on the street. And when we're in a church service, it says, let all things be done for edification. If anyone speaks in a tongue, let it be two or three at the most, and each in turn, and let one be an interpreter. So we've talked about private tongues, but this is taught, this is where it's talking about public tongues. It needs to be for the building up of the body, not just to blabber on. So tongues in a service where there's new people and unbelievers, there needs to be an interpreter. And you see, you know, if you watch YouTube and you watch Pastor Hank from Omaha, and he'll come out in a big service and and pray in tongues, and you say, well, that's... No, because then he'll come back and he interprets it. His prophecy, what he's prophesying, is he is interpreting what's going on. Because it doesn't do us any good if you don't know what's going on. It says, and then if there's no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church and let him speak to himself and God. Remember I talked about, we can pray. We can pray quietly. We don't have to be a distraction to other people. Let two or three prophets speak and and let the others judge. That's what I like, what I see going on. You have Robin Bullock, and you have Hank Kuhneman, and you have all these guys, and they're in unity, and they're not interrupting one another. They're very courteous, but they're there, and they're judging what's going on. If anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent. In other words, you don't have to be the center of attention all the time, for you can prophesy one by one, and learn, and all, and this is important, verse 32, all spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. What that means is God expects you to control yourself. You don't just have to just, somebody just come out, well, God made me do it. No, God expects, the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He's not going to interrupt when somebody else is speaking. What you say or do is subject to you learning how to behave yourself, how to correct yourself, how to judge yourself. It says, for God is not the author of confusion or or disorder, but of peace. Was there peace here this morning at the end of the service? Yeah. So God was here, his author, because there was unity. 
And then we'll go on to verse 34. It says, uh, let your women keep silent in the churches. And you go, oh, my God. Here she's up talking, reading. This is what I'm going to tell you. When you read the scripture, you've got to read not just one portion. Here he's talking about let the women keep silent. In Romans, he talks about Phoebe being a minister. These women were out of order. If you understand the book, the city of Corinthians, it was a, a, a city that magnified women and there was no order. And he's saying that shouldn't be. You need to, to he's dealing with a cultural problem. And it can become a cultural problem. There's some women out of order in this nation. It's a cultural problem. But us being out of disorder, you know, part of that, man, I can be on the women's case, but men need to be doing their part. That's where not everybody's doing their part. If the men would be doing their part and and leading like they should be, maybe the women wouldn't be so out of order. But perhaps if the women weren't all out of order, the men would be leading like they should be. So you see what I mean? It's a whole cultural thing we're dealing with. And all he's, all Paul's doing here is, is teaching. And he goes on, and in verse 40 it says, let all things be done decently and in order. And that's the whole thing. It needs to be decently and in order. When I taught PE, I hated dealing with discipline. All I wanted to do was play. And all I wanted my kids to do with play was play. Because we were there to get exercise and to have fun. And so I give them three rules, really easy rules. And if you can obey those, we can just play. And that's kind of what the church should. If we can just be considerate of everybody else, then we can just let the Holy Spirit go. So... Three things. Older folks, we need to wake up. We need to be alert and aware. We need to shake the shackles off and understand the people. You know, we hear a lot of complaints about the millennials and the young generation. And, you know, maybe we just need to try to understand them a little better. Maybe because of some of our selfishness, we've created some of their problems. We need to look at that. Younger people don't think you're exempt. The one thing I th- see with this young generation is you believe the first thing that you ever see on social media. Don't believe everything you're hearing out there right now. You know, there's people, you know, they don't understand the Holy Spirit and they want to go to somebody that doesn't understand the Holy Spirit. When I wanted to play volleyball, I didn't go to the golf coach. Go to somebody that understands. There are people that understand some things. Don't just be guppies and just the first thing you hear, the first thing you see on social media. That's what it's good to be in a body because we have all different viewpoints. And the Middle Ages, we can't let you by. It's really easy right now to get distracted. We can get so distracted, so busy. I have felt in the last three weeks like I'm that law enforcement officer in the middle of New York City just directing traffic. And we can get so distracted. Don't any of us get so distracted that we don't spend time with God. So three, I want... We need to be awake and aware of what's going on in the spirit, what's going on in the people around us. What good does it do if we aren't aware of the people that go on? Zach just helped a neighbor that passed, kind of passed out in the the neighborhood, fell in her lawn, and we heard the ambulance, and there was Zach. We've got to be aware of those people around us. We've got to shake the shackles off and be aware of not only what God's doing, but what the people around us are doing. We have to be unified. We have to work towards that goal. And we can't go back. I am not going back. I don't want you to go back. We've got to move forward. That's why we can't be distracted. We have to make sure that we take time to be with God 
so we move forward, so we're unified, so we go forward. We are not living in the 1980s anymore. So, Father God, in Jesus' name, we thank you for what you're doing in this nation, in the church, in the United States and around the world. We thank you for what you're doing here at Harvest Church and in this city and surrounding area. Holy Spirit, we want you more than anything else to move. We want to see revival. We want to see reformation. We want to see people healed and delivered in the power and the grace of God to abound. Oh, Father God. Oh, Holy Spirit, help us. Help us to be aware. Help our eyes to be open. Help us to be sensitive to you first and to the people around us. Father God, we love you. You are welcome in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. couple quick announcements. Wednesday night, like he said, 7 o'clock. Please be here if you're going to be helping with Jesus Day, just so we are aware of what's going on and we can be unified. And we will see people born again. Um, don't despise the day of small beginnings. It's just the beginning. Um, a week from Monday night at 5.30 at the administration building, school administration building, there is a school board meeting, and they're still dealing with all this state school board garbage. And we, it's time that we have to step up, not just prayer. We need to have people there because there are two people on the school board that at least two, possibly three, that are pretty much standing up for the perverse standards. And they are not listening to the public, and they're going to try to get their people in. So please, we'll announce that more next week, but please, if you have a chance to go to that, we need to get involved. That's part of being awareness. We need to be aware of what's going on around us and not put up with some of the garbage. So... Yes. It said that, but I. It said that. Yes, it is the. You know what? We weren't very aware. <laughs> he hadn't said anything. He and I totally forgot. So what should we? What should we do? It's the first Monday. So. Tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, we are having a church service here, a teaching service. Maybe we will pray because we are not having prayer Wednesday night. So it will probably be a little combination of both. So tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, Wednesday night, 7, and Jesus Day, Saturday. Okay? Anything else? For anybody that hasn't received... I, th- I think part of the reason we experienced the unity that we did today is because many of us were prepared for worship, uh, not just because of that video that you saw, but we came with the attitude of, uh, I'm ready. So there's no reason why we can't experience that every Sunday in service, not just in worship, but on Wednesdays, on Mondays. So again, if you haven't received that video, okay, if you're not on the, the text remind, if you're not on email, uh, talk to somebody who is, okay? Um, those are the types of things. We're united. No lone rangers, right? Nobody's out doing their own thing. I want to know what's going on in our church, and I want to be a part of the body. Pastor Kathy is a teacher, more so. Pastor Mike is a preacher. Those are different gifts. I love it when she teaches. I love it when she shares. It's a different perspective. It's from a female perspective. She's strong. She is different than Pastor Mike and how he preaches. We need that to be healthy. There are other gifts that we have in this body that are being used. I would encourage those of you that if if this is your church and you're not currently serving somewhere, talk to pastor Brad. I'm going to say one quick thing. We have half of our worship team leaving. I'm going to let that sink in real quick and tell you why, but we have Caden and Caleb who have been very faithful, extremely faithful that have been serving in sound. They are both leaving in two weeks for college. Okay. They're gone. Kyle got fired. No. Quit having babies. Would you leave her alone? Okay. 
they keep having kids. So his responsibilities as a dad ha- have changed. So he's, he's not currently doing that. My point is we just lost three people. Okay. We're losing half of our worship and sound team. That's a very real. Who's going to do that? I don't know. But if God's been speaking to you about getting involved at church, and maybe it's not there. Maybe it's somewhere else. I don't know your needs. But all I know is Pastor Brad has given multiple invitations to serve in our church. So if you're not currently serving, be united. Okay? Be under authority. You've been given the invitation multiple times. So uh, watch that video. Talk to somebody. Is there anything else? That's it. Okay. That's it. Thank you. We'll see you next, this week, tomorrow.